You are listening to Haftarah, the Shir series where we explore the connections between the Parsha Shavua and its corresponding Haftarah. However, here at the database with Rabbi Shua Eisenberg, at the moment of this recording is Leil Erev Sukkot, which means it is crunch time for finishing up the Haftarahs for the first days of Sukkot, which we will do by Ezra Hashem in the next while. In the previous Haftarah Shir, we covered the Haftarah for the first day of Sukkot, and now we will cover the Haftarah for the second day of Sukkot, of course, a Haftarah that is exclusive to Godless to Chutz L'Aretz, a Haftarah that is not read in Eretz Yisrael. I make this point because, similar to what we found by the Haftarahs for Pesach and for Shavuos, each which have a second day, which which is exclusive to Golis, right? With Pesach, we have it twice because we have the second day of Pesach for the first days, and then we have the Acharon Shel Pesach, which is, of course, the second day following the Shvi'i Shel Pesach. We have two Haftaras for Pesach that are only read in Golas. And on Shvuas, of course, the second day of Shvuas, we have a Haftar that is only read in Golas. So now, similarly for Sukkot, we find the same thing. And of course, we will find that for Simchas Torah as well when we get there. But again, I make this point because it's important to understand that the Haftarah of choice is going to intrinsically be a Haftarah which can be thought of as a B'dieved Haftarah. When I say B'dieved, I mean a Haftarah that's not necessarily ideally to be read, because in a perfect world we would be in Eretz Yisrael, and that would mean that we would only be reading the Haftarah for the first day, and therefore the fact that we are not in Eretz Yisrael, for those, in fact, who are not in Eretz Yisrael, those who are in Gullus at the moment of this recording, or at the moment of Sukkot this year, Tavshin Pei Dalet at the moment of this recording. So if, if that is you, we are being forced to read a Haftarah, which will hopefully speak to the theme of the Chag at hand, the Yom Tov at hand. But at the same time, it's not a Lichatchila read, it's not an optimal read, it's a read that we have to read because we are still observing Yom Tov, which in some ways is a very beautiful thing, but that means that the Haftarah should not only speak to the theme of the day, which of course it will, but the Haftarah should also provide an additional message that is also unique to those of us in Golis. So we spoke a little bit about this as well when it was Pesach time, and for the two Haftarahs, for the two sets of second days of Pesach, and for the same thing for Shavuos, where we had a second day for Shavuos, again, that was unique to Golis. So we provided two messages in a certain sense, a message that speaks to the Yom Tov, but also a message that speaks to us here in Golis. So we are going to be doing the same thing for the Haftarah for the second day of Sukkot. And of course, um, the, the same thing will be true for Shemini Atzeres slash Simchas Torah, which in Eretz Yisrael is all one day, whereas for those of us in Galus, it is two different days, which means that on Simchas Torah, a Haftarah is read in Galus that we do not read in Eretz Yisrael. So we'll have to try to understand what is the unique message of that Haftarah to Simchas Torah on a day where Simchas Torah is by itself and not one in, uh, one in the same with Shemini Atzeres. So let's take a look at the Haftarah for the second day of Sukkot, which comes to us from Sefer Malachim Aleph, Parak Ches, Sukkim Beis through Chaf Aleph, that is Malachim Aleph 8, 2 through 21, as I dedicate this Shir Lili Nishmas Imi Rasichai Rachabas David Tzvi, Harini Kapras Mishkava, Harini should have an Aliyah. So as we approach this Haftarah for the second day, let's just take a quick recap 
of what we spoke about in the previous Haftarah Shir, which was a completely different Haftarah from Sefer Zechariah, from the Treasar, Parakia Dalid, and we were looking at the cataclysmic apocalyptic time of Gogumagog, and there we were discussing the very unique shout-out, the interesting shout-out to Sukkot in Gogumagog, the war to end wars, and there you find an explicit reference to the holiday of Sukkot, so there's really you know, no way around the reference point to Sukkot. It's very explicit there, and so for the first day of Sukkot, perhaps that seems like an optimal read. So now we move over to the second day of Sukkot and its special um, reading from Navi, and there we are looking at a Haftarah, again from Malachim Aleph, which pertains to something seemingly different and unrelated, and that is the Binyan Beis Amigdash, which is obviously a very beautiful thing to read about. This is the completion of the first Beis Amigdash in the times of Shlomo HaMelech, of course, and the celebration for the Binyan Bias, right? So this is the, the Binyan Bias, which we might say in a certain sense is the Bias of Shlomo, right? So um, the, 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 the Beis HaMikdash that was built in the times of Shlomo HaMelech, so that the, the celebration actually coincided with none other than Sukkot. In fact, the Gemara talks about the interesting nature of Yom Kippur that year, or perhaps they actually ate on Yom Kippur due to the celebration of the uh, of of the Binyan Beis Hamikdash, a topic which perhaps halachically seems strange, which we're not going to address today. But you can go back to the Gemara, which uh, discusses um, that uh, that that particular holiday, um, that celebration that was observed. Um, if you look at Maseches Roshana Yidal from Alpha, it talks about um, the the manifestation of celebration that took place following Yom Kippur perhaps on Yom Kippur, and going into Sukkot, an eight-day celebration of the Beis HaMikdash, which apparently corresponds to Sukkot. We're going to see that on several levels, this is a most appropriate reading. And although you know we've described it thus far as a B'dievan reading, a less-than-ideal reading, but in many ways, this is very optimal. The question is, what is the unique message for those of us in Golis? And of course, what uh, makes this a particularly Sukkot-oriented reading? Just because the fact that it took place on Sukkot is that a coincidence that just it was within the timing. So as we look through the Pesukim, we will also keep these questions in mind. Um, but uh, th- th- that is uh, just one interesting point of introduction for this Haftarah. So now as we start to actually discuss the, the, the topic at hand, before we get into the Pesukim, perhaps one surface connection that you'll notice immediately is that both the Haftarah and the Sukkah, or the Sukkah's theme, they both really revolve around the binyan of a structure, right? the building of a structure. A surface connection off the bat is that we have on the one hand, we have a Sukkah, and that's what we build before Sukkah, and so we could sit in that Sukkah, and the Sukkah represents, in a certain sense, a Ruchniya house of Hashem, a place where Hashem joins us in our own homes, but it's our home away from home, the Sukkah, and of course, what is the base of Megdash if not the house of Hashem? Right, so um, we have the building of structures. So it's not just the fact that this all took place in Sukkot, but there is the reference to the binyan of a, of a, of a structure altogether. 
not just the fact that the first Pasuk tells us, Vayikalu el ha-melech shlomo kolish Yisrael b'yerach ha-isanim b'chagahu ha-chodesh ha-shvi'i, the seventh month, the seventh month with, which is Tishrei, the yerach ha-isanim, the month of, of the strong ones, which the Gemara tells us is the month where uh, perhaps uh, the Avos were born. Um, but we, we get to um, the reference to the opinion of the Beis HaMikdash. So there we find, I'll just skip a little bit, um, to where the Pasuk tells us that uh, Shlomo HaMelech instituted um, and he emplaced, he installed in the the first Beis HaMikdash um, besides for the Kruvim upon the Aaron Kodesh, he had his own set of really tall Kruvim that stood in there. And the reason I shout this out is because the Gemara in in Sukkah, of all places, tells us um, that we derive the minimum height of a Sukkah from the Kruvim. And there, on Daf Hay, the Gemara has a long arichas, a lengthy discussion about how, um, how we derive from the Kruvim from the uh, from the Aron Hakodesh, the height of the of the Mikdash and the height of the Sukkah, rather from the Mikdash, but we see that there's already a connection between the Sukkah and the Beis Hamikdash in the Gemara. The Gemara already assumed this connection, and it derives it also from the relative height of the Kruvin that Shlomo Hamelch made in the Beis Olamim, the eternal house, and there the uh, um, the 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 Gemara describes that which is referenced explicitly in the Haftarah, Kya Kruvim Porsim Kinafayim, that the Kruvim, they spread out their wings, El Makom Haron, towards the place, the, uh, place, the position of the Aron, Vayasoku HaKruvim. And it says that the Kruvim were Soku. What's Soku? That's the, I'll tell you what's Soku. You know, what, what's Soku over here is the fact that the word Soku actually means the same word. Soka means Schach. It means that the, 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 the wings of the Kruvim, they covered the Kruvim upon the Aron. So, um, so the, the, the point that, that, that I'm making here is that the wings of the Kruvim corresponds to the Schach. So a way to think of ourselves as being under the divine canopy, right, the Kanfei HaShchina, which is um, one way to think of the Sokot, the Tzela de Hemenusa, the shade of, the, of, of, of faith, of the divine presence. So that is also... Um, uh, um, found in the Sukkah, that is found in the Beis Megdash, it's found in the Kruvim. So we, we, we are seeing a lot of connections um, to, to, to this, uh, you know, to, uh, between just internal connections between Sukkah and the Beis Megdash. Now, is this something that, again, is just a nice connection, um, or, or is this something internal? So I, I will say that the connections go even further, which, which tell us that there is something more intrinsic here. Because the, it wasn't just that the celebration of the completion of the first base Amigdash corresponded to Sukkot, but believe it or not, the house that came before the first base Amigdash, none other than the Mishkan. So the construction of the Mishkan also corresponded to none other than the time of Sukkot. Because we know that it was right after Yom Kippur, when Kalashal was forgiven for the Chayta Egel. And there is the Vilna Goan that says that the Anani HaKavod, which we celebrate on Sukkot, they left after we worshipped the Egel as of the Golden Calf, and they also came back only after we were forgiven on Yom Kippur, and they came back on Sukkot, which is why we celebrate the Anani HaKavod according to the Vilna Goan. We celebrate them at Sukkot time 
when they came back. Not just when we got them for the first time, but when the Ananiya Kavod returned. So what else happened at that time was right after Yom Kippur was Parshas Vayakel, where we find the word, of course, Vayakel, which means that we were all gathered, Moshe Rabbeinu gathered us for the construction of the Mishkan, and we find that to be the same word in the opening of our Haftarah, Vayikahalu El HaMelech Shlomo, that everyone gathered to Shlomo HaMelech. For what? For the celebration of the building of the Beis HaMikdash. So, Sukkot corresponds to the Beis HaMikdash and it corresponds to the Mishkan. And we've spoken about this in the past. If you go to the archives where we, um, where we had Parsha Panorama for, uh, for, Parsha, for the Parshios of the Mishkan, whether Truma, whether Vayakil and Pekude, and what we spoke about is the relationship between the Mishkan on the one hand and the Beis HaMikdash on the other. What are the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash? Besides for being homes of Hashem, the Mishkan represents the temporary home, right? And the, uh, the, the Beis HaMikdash represents the eternal home, the Beis Olamim. And, and we spoke about the different implications of what that means. But of course, the Mishkan traveled with the Bnei Israel throughout the Midbar. And the Mishkan was the very first, you could say, the, the first, uh, besides for the Anaya Kavod, it was the first sukkah that we created for Hashem's presence, um, and that was created as a container for, you know, for, uh, for, for the luchos. And it was not referred to as the eternal home, but it was referred to as the temporary home, the Mishkan, the place where Hashem resides. Now we know that the Mishkan and the Mikdash are actually used interchangeably. Sometimes the base of Mikdash is referred to as the Mishkan, and sometimes the, Mik- the Mishkan is referred to as the Mikdash. Mikdash So the point is that the two are interchangeable because they all share implications with one another. They all essentially are the same thing, the Mishkan and the Mikdash. And I want to argue that the Sukkah as well is all one and the same. It serves the same purpose. It's meant to contain the Ruchnius that we began on the Yom Nurayim, and we, we take that with us into the Sukkah, and the sukkah is the place where Hashem's Shechina resides. And in a certain sense, the sukkah is supposed to take on both the personalities, if we can call it that, the elements of the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash. And what are those elements? So apparently, the, the, the Mishkan, of course, represents perhaps the transience of the sukkah. That is because the sukkah um, is supposed to remind us the fact that it is intrinsically a diras arai. It is a temporary home. It is made from, you know, it is like a tent in a certain sense. It's a flimsy home with, uh, with a flimsy roof, the schach. We spoke about the difference between the gog and the schach in the previous Haftarah Shir when we spoke about gogumagog. And perhaps in the first Haftarah, that's really what the point is, the difference between the schach and the roof, the transience of the sukkah. And perhaps in a certain sense, that corresponds to the sukkah's nature as being for us like a mishkan. Fine. But what about, on the other hand, the Beis HaMikdash, which we find in this Haftarah? So in this Haftarah, we are looking at the Beis HaMikdash, which again is the Beis Olamim. Right? We know that the Sukkah is also referenced in a different place in Navi. Um, I believe we had this in, uh, I mean, in an earlier Haftarah. Um, for some reason, it's sticking out to me as uh, maybe the Haftarah for... for um, Achremos, and indeed it was Achremos. Um, I'm pretty impressed that I remembered. Um, I just looked it up in the records, and uh, there we read from Amos, Perak Tes, 9 in Amos, and there 
the Navi referenced the, the Sukkos David Hanofalos, which is the insertion, it's the insertion that we make into benching on Sukkos, Harachamanu Yakim Lanu as Sukkos David Hanofalos, that we reference that Hashem should mercifully um, reestablish, um, He should um, um, reinstate the fallen Sukkah of David HaMelech. And what is that a reference to? Of course, that is referenced to none other, none other than the base of Migdash that was built by his son, a project in a certain sense that was started by David HaMelech. And of course, the base of Migdash has fallen. But what is the nature of the base of Migdash? Even though when we had it, it didn't last forever, but it was supposed to, because the base of Migdash, as we mentioned earlier, is known as the base Olamim, the eternal house, as opposed to the Mishkan, which was the temporary house. So why exactly is it that the sukkah corresponds to the eternal house, I thought the sukkah was a diras arai. And the answer is that on sukkahs, the Mishnah tells us that we are supposed to turn our sukkah into our new diras keva. In other words, yes, the sukkah intrinsically is a diras arai, but on sukkahs, we make our houses arai and we make our sukkahs keva by living in the sukkah as though we would live in our house, teishu ke'en taduru. That is the ideal, that is the goal of sukkahs, which is to not just look at the sukkah as something that is transient, but to have the sukkah shape our thinking, that we should take on the lessons of sukkah, and as we are living in the sukkah, we should actually live there as though it were our base alomen. Um, we will live in that sukkah as though it were our eternal home, taking all of our furniture out there, doing it in a physical sense, yes, to actually situate ourselves in the sukkah and live in that sukkah as though it, it is our home, but not just in the physical sense, but I would say in the spiritual sense as well, in the figurative sense even, to say that we are understanding the lessons of sukkah and we are hoping to be shaped by those lessons, the reality check of sukkah, realizing that really, wherever we are, we are reliant on Hashem and that this world is in fact the transient world, meaning the world inside our homes is really the transient world, because as the Gemara also tells us, that the Olam HaZeh versus the Olam HaEmes, it's all an Olam Hafach, it's topsy-turvy. What we think down here is really the opposite of what's true up there. And if that is true, then really our houses are actually the Diras Arai, because Olam HaZeh, the entirety of Olam HaZeh is a Diras Arai. Where is the true Diras Keva? It is actually in our Sukkahs. Right? Our Sukkah is the Diras Keva, because our Sukkah corresponds not just to the Mishkan, but to the Beis Olamim, to the Beis HaMikdash, which is supposed to be the eternal home of everything that's going to exist um, in the next world that we have in this world. The closest thing we have is the Makam HaMikdash and the Beis HaMikdash that will eventually be there. That is the only thing that is truly eternal. That is the place that is eternal. Wherever we are in Gullus, that is not eternal. Right? Wherever we are in Gullus, that is something that is fleeting, it is transient, it will not last. So what will last? Everything that is Ruchnius will last. Everything that is dedicated to Ruchnius will last. The Beis HaMikdash, that is what is going to last. That is the Beis Olamin. And I can't really think of a better message for those of us in Golis than the very fact that we are hearing right here in our Haftarah that there is something that will last longer than our lives in Gullus. There's something that will last longer than our homes in Gullus, right? And this is the perfect follow-up, perhaps, to the Haftarah of Gogu Magog, um, which, again, took place, uh, or is going, to, is going to culminate in a celebration of Sogus. But the fact that we see the difference between the roof and the schach, on the one hand, realizing that, really, 
that which we think is transient is really where eternal protection and eternal security is going to be in the sukkah. But not only that, but the fact that as we move into the second haftarah, for the second day of sukkah, for those of us in Gullus, we have hope in binyan of a base migdash, the binyan shlema, right? The binyan of shlomo is the binyan shlema, the complete building. That's what we daven for. Harachmaniyakimanu as sukkas david hanafalas, the sukkah that has fallen, which will no longer be fallen. It'll be an eternal structure. It'll be a bias neman. It'll be a base olamim. And the truth is, this reads right into the psukim in the haftarah where Shlomo Hamalch says, "Bano banisi bases v'olach machol neshivtecha olamim." I have built you a habitation, uh, an eternal foundation for your dwelling, a base alamim, an eternal house. So the message is very, very clear, and it's beautifully applicable to really Israel everywhere, um, but especially those of us in Gullus who perhaps on the one hand need to hear the message, but also can be encouraged by the message of the fact that we can recognize that our time in Gullus is a time that is transient intrinsically, and that the real dearest keva in the topsy-turvy world, so the real dearest keva is within the confines of our sukkah and in the confines of the Beis HaMikdash in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim, where Bez Hashem, we will all one day return so whether it is those of us in Gauls who need to hear the message because we are unaware of the message, because we think that our homes and we think that our gullus is a place that is eternal, so uh, so to, of course, dispel that falsehood, we have that message. And for those of us who perhaps on some level are aware of it, we are able to receive the chizuk of being reminded that, in fact, it is only transient in this world, but the permanence, the sense of permanence will come when we, in, when we enter our sukkahs, which, on the one hand, Yes, there, there are sources in uh, the Hiratsam before we enter the sukkah that says that the sukkah represents a gullus of sorts. But when we realize that our toil in Ruchnias is really the place of, of not transience but permanence, we will also realize that when we enter our sukkah, we are entering the world of true permanence. Um, that we are entering, in a certain sense, a base alamim. And we'll be zocha uh, to once again return to the base alamim in the land of our eternal Geula Be'ezras Hashem, and we should be able to experience that with Binyan Bayas Shlishi, a Binyan Shlema, Vimhera Biyamenu. If you enjoyed this share and others like it on the podcast and you want to partner up with us with a sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group where you can find links to every uploaded share and links to share them that I repost due to their relevance, then all you have to do is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data than base, B E I S at gmail.com. Until next time, stay tuned for the continuation of half Torah for our Sukkot series, which will be wrapping up the entire half Torah series as well. When we cover the half Torah for Shabbos Chalmoid Sukkot, which will not be read this year. And of course, the half Torah is for the second days of Sukkot, which is Shemini Atzeres and Simchas Torah. But until then, have a Chag Sameach and a good Yom Tov, a wonderful Sukkot, and a wonderful Shabbos at that. Thank you for joining us here at the Database.